following content contains discussion or description of violence against women, racism, ableism, and sexual assault. If these are subjects that make you uncomfortable, it may be best to skip this show entirely. Simply walk away knowing the Joss Whedon show Dollhouse is likely to set off any number of triggers. Don't watch it. Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome to the first episode of our Dollhouse Watchcast. Now, Dollhouse is a TV show with Joss Whedon, and uh, we'll get into more of that soon. Just wanted to point that out right there. But hey, then, uh, the, there's three of us here that are going to be watching the entirety of Dollhouse, and that means all two seasons before it was canceled, because it was bad. Well, we don't know that. That's true. None of us have actually watched it all the way through. Some of us have watched it, uh, like, once or twice. Some of us have watched it a little more than that, I think. And some of us have, uh, never seen it at all. Critics, critics are pretty much agree that this is a bad show. And viewers of Joss Whedon's properties don't talk about it. Which says something, because they talk about their properties a lot. Yeah. So... We're going to go ahead and start off by introducing ourselves. I'm Shellgame. I have seen all of Buffy, some of Angel. I was forced to watch all of Firefly. And I've seen maybe two episodes of Dollhouse before this show. I'm Mix. Uh, I've watched all of Firefly. Uh, I have unfortunately watched stuff like Dr. Horribles uh, and Avengers. Oh, I've seen those uh, too, yeah. Uh, I've watched a couple more episodes of Dollhouse Season 1. I don't remember anything about it because I did not like the experience of watching it. So this will be fun, quote, unquote. And uh, I'm Frank, and I've never seen a Dollhouse, and I've never seen a Buffy, but I have seen Toy Story, Atlantis, Titan AD, <laughs> and Cabin in the Woods, and I liked all of those, so I'm sure I'm gonna like Wait, this. Wait, Joss Whedon was involved with Titan AE? Apparently, yeah, Wait. I had to check. What? I was, I was, I, was like, <laughs> I like that movie, no! Joss Whedon has touched our lives in so, so many places. Nice. Two days ago, I would have told you, like, I watched Avengers and Cabin in the Woods, I've never seen anything else, but it turns out that I forgot he was in Toy Story, or made he wrote Toy Story. He wrote <laughs> I can't believe he was Buzz Lightyear's Ca voice. He was Cabin in the Woods was a fluke. Cabin in the Woods was like Broken Clock. Sometimes makes good movies. Yeah, because it is Whedon-y, but it's good. So I don't know how that worked out. It's weird. Yeah, I think we can uh, we can attribute that to uh, whoever co-wrote it. Cause... You know, like how Bible scholars are like, well, this part was actually written by like G instead of Q. <laughs> like that's. <laughs> Also, uh, if it wasn't clear by now, we do not like Joss Whedon. If you do, sorry. Uh, if you choices. do, question your life choices. I'm just going to say it right now. It's 2021. It's not like this is 2000 and mm -hmm. you just have a good time watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There's a lot that we know now. And it's not, it's not flattering, to say the yeah. least. We're not going to be particularly apologetic about what we find to be... A glossed over sort of quasi-feminism that's really just sort of sexism. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of this stuff, when you look at it through the lens of him being uh, accused of heinous acts, mm -hmm. just kind of sits a little worse when you sort of sit there and are like, oh, well, hmm. 
in the, in the very in the very famous words of people who have done this kind of thing before, instead of read another book, it is watch another show. There are so many too. Like, yeah, it's not like you've got Buffy and nothing. Like, there are choices these days. Yeah, yeah, no, and uh, these issues uh, they go back to Buffy as well because at least three of the actresses on Buffy have publicly said that uh, yeah. he had uh, he had engaged in inappropriate behavior on set, and one of those, I believe, was okay. Now she was just barely an adult at the time. Uh, Michelle Trachtenberg Ooh. was born in 1985. And so around Buffy time, she would have been anywhere from 16 to 20, I think. In conclusion, fuck Joss Whedon. Yeah, in conclusion, fuck Joss Whedon. What does all of this have to do with Dollhouse, though? Well, Joss Whedon created Dollhouse. He wrote at least by one episode by himself. Uh, I can answer that. He Three episodes he wrote entirely by himself. He did do the writing for basically all of the. Oh, good. So ultimately, he is to blame for yeah, this is all of his the, show, and I would actually say that that tends to be true of all of the shows that he's worked on, except for Roseanne. He he's an auteur. Yes, in in the sense uh, of just like when he works on something, he really he, it's often very his. Yes. Uh, and you can always feel it. You can always tell when it, you shift into that old Whedon charm. Hey, Mix, do you want to give us just a little idea of what Dollhouse the show is? Yeah. So Dollhouse the show, uh, to be clear, it started airing in February 2009. Uh, very different time. It is about like a, like an organization that is unnamed, I think. I don't think they ever give it a name, but they operate a facility called the Dollhouse, which has people who have had their personalities removed and are essentially just bodies to have other personalities dropped into and sent off the, to do the titular various, dolls. Uh, yeah, there they are. I do not like calling them dolls. It feels a little gross. Uh, the well. term that they use is actives, which is not much better. But, uh, yeah, basically they are people who have willingly had their personality re- extracted and are just there to fill whatever role is needed. Yeah, and this works because science. Yeah, it's it's still present day, but I guess technology lets them just s- slurp some people out of their bodies. And present day being uh, 2009, uh, 2010, because <laughs> yeah. that's when we show yeah. <laughs> And at least based off of the first episode, it's mostly just showing the different jobs that occur and the people who operate the facility and all that messy shit. And presumably there will be a plot at some point. Yeah, I think there's uh, some suggestion that there's uh, going to be an, a, an overarching plot, but uh, boy, I hope it's not what this episode made it out to be, because um, it's not interesting. <laughs> I should also mention the uh, the the people who are dolls are both men and women. It's mostly women because this is Joss Whedon, but yeah. there are men specifically smiling, it's, smiling it's and having foreground fun. Foreground women and background men, <laughs> yes, uh, and also and also background women too. There's it's yes. like there there's there's just women wandering all over the place. Uh, emphasis on the wandering, <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, Frank. Yeah. Since we're going to get into Dollhouse, why don't we get just get into 
the episode that we watched, the first episode uh, that aired of the show, Ghost, right? Would you yes. give us a quick, just a quick run- rundown, like, TV Guide blurb of, of Ghost? So, there's sort of a framing device where we see our main ca- character t- being coerced into something for whatever it, we don't know what it is and we don't know why she's being coerced but other than that um we meet echo our main character she is one of the dolls to be clear she's sent on a mission to retrieve a uh, kidnapped girl and she's given the personality of a kidnap expert mm-hmm. yeah a hostage negotiator yes and then the b plot is this fbi guy he knows the word dollhouse and he's known that word for seven years, mm-hmm. and that's the B plot. <laughs> that's right. That that is uh, that is effectively what we got. We got a very weak framing device, and then we've got an episode about a kidnapped girl. Yes, and we're gonna get into what all that is. I do also want to point out uh, this episode is the most watched episode in the entire show. <laughs> that is uh, unsurprising. Yeah, I remember there being like a decent. There was, like, interest going into this show, and then I didn't hear about it anymore. Mm-hmm. So. It's because... It, yeah, the viewership dropped drastically after this episode. It's because, uh, Joss Whedon's name, it was, uh, it was, and st- and for whatever reason, still continues to be some variety of gold. Like, everybody was, yeah. everybody had a big talk at that point about how, especially about how, um, I don't know if it was his last show, but... People really made a big deal about how Firefly was a show that, due to being placed on the Fox network at very varying times, like, and just never kind of rerun, run in the wrong order, and just not really paid attention to, put up against, like, the, like, football games and so forth, they, they all said it never got the chance it was supposed to have, yeah, and it should have had more, and it's... It's this amazing show, the amazing cast of people that just should have had a better shot, and it never got that. So I'm, I am, I am desperate. I'm angry, and I want, I want my TV Whedon back. Yeah, like to be clear, like Firefly, there is legitimate like proof of Fox screwing it. Yes, like, that that is that is a tangible fact. That is true. Uh, uh, it is also a tangible fact that the uh, fans of the show never shut up about it <laughs> yeah like as someone that is still like despite all i have some very complicated feelings about firefly as someone that is somewhat positive about it uh yeah it it got screwed but also it's kind of good where it is like we don't need more yeah yeah what... um i yeah i mean i i i have complicated feelings about buffy too it's not a good show but like uh, there's there's aspects of it that are fun and are kind of unique, especially for the time. I've never liked anything problematic, and I have no complicated feelings about everything. <laughs> Frank, that's why you're here to be the litmus test for you know acceptability in the Joss Whedon verse. That's what, right. What I'm going to say is that if you're listening to this and you are a Firefly fan and Firefly fan, and you want more of that, go watch Farscape. It's got the same vibe. It's better. Go watch that. Or like uh, half of the uh, cyberpunk anime out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. or that. <laughs> but anyway, we got sideways. Uh, no, that, but that's, that's important. Yeah. All of that is why Dollhouse had such a huge... The network was really capitalizing on this this mm-hmm. cult yeah. classic fan favorite, Joss Whedon. 
And also, it was going to be like the next Buffy because it was like an action series like Buffy was, too. Right. But for adults. Yes. It was going to be, it was also going to be like sort of uh, your network TV uh, act crime drama. I think the biggest comparison that everyone makes is Alias. Yeah. Mm. That, I can see that. If I'm right, isn't Alias like aimed for like teens? Uh, it's in that. I know the books were. It's in that weird spot where the show doesn't quite know itself. If it was made today, it'd be one of those things that's like this is young adult, but for yes. adults too. But they didn't. They didn't have that in 2000. Yeah, no, so. they didn't have that. So yeah. everything was like this is kind of for adults, but like. It seems to appeal more to teens. We don't know what to call that. We hadn't invented the Hunger Games yet. <laughs> we hadn't. It's true. The Hunger yeah. Games changed everything. I'm so glad the Hunger Games is the origin point for those kind of games. <laughs> <laughs> I love these battles that are uh, very royal. Mm-hmm. 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 Also, uh, to be clear, when we talk about this episode... We're going to be using the characters' names. The episode did not make their characters' names apparent. We're going to try to use the characters' names. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. I know the characters' names. I don't. I know, too. Because of what you're leading into. The fact that this ep- in this episode, maybe all of two people who are main cast members have their names said. Ever. And I think it's yeah. just Echo and Sierra? Yes. And the and the agent guy. Oh, I guess but, so. Yeah. Okay, we don't care about him yet. He's not relevant. I think the handler gets a name, but... I mean, I'm sure they all have names. Yeah. It's just we don't get to know. Also, before we like get into the immediate episode itself, I know there's a lot of preamble, but that's because this show is fucked up. This was not originally going to be the pilot episode, mm-hmm. just so we're clear. Mm-hmm. No, this um, is not the pilot episode. This is just the episode that aired first. They had shot like an entire pilot of its own. Which is... Officially non-canon at this point. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do that later, but... Yeah, and also, and maybe this is something we should have saved till episode 13, but that means that the season finale, because Fox ordered 13 episodes and they shot a pilot that they didn't air, that counted as one of the 13, so the season finale only shows up on the DVD release. <laughs> and, like, on streaming and stuff. Yes. It's, it is available. Yeah, we're gonna see it. Um, Which, uh, Fox is this really ep- good at running shows. Mm. Yeah. Um, so this was originally going to be the second episode. Uh, from what I remember, Joss himself was like, nah, we're scrapping the pilot. It wasn't Fox. Like, Fox did not tell them to do that. Joss himself was like, I. We made people watch the pilot and they were confused. So instead of editing the pilot, we're just going to scrap it entirely. This will solve the problem. Huh. And it did not. Interesting take. Yeah, I think yeah. We'll, get, we'll go ahead and let's let's go ahead and get into why that didn't work. So I think like like Frank brought up, we start out seeing somebody talking yes. to somebody, somebody, and somebody. the very the very first line, which is actually said with a special audio effect on it, is "Nothing is what it appears to be." And I'm like, oh, you're like talking to us, the audience. It's not like that's don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't earn that. Yeah, and it's two women. One of them is our protagonist. We get her before name, which never gets said again. I don't know if it's ever going to be said again. But she, before she begin becomes Echo, she is Caroline. The woman she's speaking to is named Adele. She is the head of 
the organization that runs Dollhouse. Okay. I, yeah, they, I don't think they ever said that name. <laughs> they do not ever say this name. I only know this name because I like when I looked up a summary afterwards, it's like, she speaks to Adele, the head of Dollhouse. And I'm like, oh, that would have been nice to know at any point in the episode. Even just like a, a title would have been nice. I mean, we, we know she's in charge, but like, is she a director? Is she an owner? Is she a president? What is she? I mean, who is she? Who is she? Who is that she? is for nobody. Yeah, it's for nobody. I think I think that, that what he's trying to do is that thing that like sometimes certain westerns did and certain like very stylized crime films do where like nobody's a name, they're like the thing, like the the rebel and that's what they're or the kid or like but like that doesn't work cuz we have like three separate girl bosses. Yes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. <laughs> and none of them none of them are given enough lines to like fill a room with personality. Yeah. So well, and and that's intentional for one of them. Yes. But this opening scene is, it's very obviously like, ooh, you want to be intrigued and curious what's going on. Uh, Why is this woman doing a thing she does not want to do? And then yeah, I'm offering you a clean again. slate. Have you ever tried to clean a slate? You always see what was there before something. Like, <laughs> that's cool. That's sure going to be plot relevant, I'm Sure, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's a Joss Whedon woman played by Eliza Dushku. She's hurt. She has a tragic, dark past. She's constantly confused, but she puts on a front of being like girl power. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. By the way, I am. I did decide partway through this episode to start keeping a running counter of any time. Every time Echo gets tortured or has a breakdown or yay, is, oh, or good. something. So uh, I counted three this episode, unless you count. I'm not going to count every brain wipe. That feels gratuitous. I'm just counting the yeah, first Yeah, that's the, st- the stuff that is not structural. Yes. So the, anyway, this thing just kind of happens, and then it just gets interrupted by the worst British rock song I've ever heard. <laughs> in, a, in a jarring scene transition. I did, I did look this up, because I was curious. There is a lot of licensed music in Dollhouse. The reason I say British rock is because this is a British rock band. Yeah. Uh... No, it, Lady Gaga's Just Dance has dropped in here, too. Um, excuse me, it's it's a dance hall remix of Just Dance? I was gonna actually. say. <laughs> it's a really bad remix. Oh, sure. Um, but that's what it is. One of my notes is, Just Dance is a good song. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole driving sequence of these two people on motorcycles. It's cut very badly. Yeah, but it's they're on motorcycles, and they're going places where motorcycles shouldn't go. And then the worst crash ever happens and by that i mean she just kind of leans over and falls over in an alley it's still it's fine upon rewatching for my notes it i just noticed that she just like leans over and falls off the motorcycle yeah and then classic dish gets too. up takes her helmet off like whips her hair back like a fucking commercial shot throws the helmet away it makes a very bad edited sound effect hitting the concrete mm-hmm. like it's it's very obvious they've added it in post because it didn't make a noise. Well, yeah, I mean, like, what? Uh, they, didn't, they didn't mic that area. And she takes the she takes the helmet off just to show us the audience that it is Caroline, aka Echo, aka Faith. I mean, aka Echo. I mean. Anyway, more driving, and they ride into Chinatown, ramp their bikes up into a Chinese restaurant, drive through the restaurant, and then park. Everyone's at delight. the weird, <laughs> the weirdest birthday party. really really carefully and slowly drive through this is supposed to be like a rebellious moment but it's also really clear that they're like 
we can't fucking ruin this place. We only rented it. Like, <laughs> happy birthday, Matt. Happy birthday, Matt. They drove it, the motorcycles into the back room. The whole crowd applauded. We're all fine with this illegal street race. Yep. Yay. Well, to yeah. be fair, we do learn, we probably suspect now, and we do learn later that if you hire somebody from Dollhouse, you're like super loaded. So they, yeah. this is a rich person. This is like a rich dude who's like fallen for uh, Echo. And he's treated as like this nice, like I don't think we'll see him again, but no. he's like, he's like seen as this, he's like this nice dude who, and they really form a real connection. And then he feels bad when she leaves. And there's sort of the way that it's shot and the way they talk about it after. It's sort of implied that he's a victim here too. Like he tried to make a real connection. It's, I did I did not. The, it, it did not read as them trying to make him sympathetic to me at all. I was just sitting here going, this dude keeps nagging her. I hate him. Yeah, no, he totally sucks. Not to skip ahead too far, but when, when she's brought back in for her treatment, which we'll get into, they say that she was, you know what, a lot that she was set out for a dream vacation for three days, like, because she was having sex and doing kinky shit with ropes and... Yeah, like, so they get, like, they end the race, he's like, haha, I won, she's like, no, I won. They do the weird, like, hate flirt thing that straight people do that sucks. Mm -hmm. And then it smash cuts to them doing a dance scene with the motorcycles in the middle of the dance floor... For some reason, they didn't move the motorcycles. Um, I mean, that that that's the theme of the party, Nix. It's motorcycles in a Chinese restaurant. Like, <laughs> you really want them to take them out? That's the three-day anniversary theme. It's motorcycles in Chinese restaurants. I want to also point a thing out that I noticed. Uh, when they're on the motorcycles, you know, they're wearing helmets, they're wearing leather jackets, all that. The leather jackets vanish after they take them off, but, like, that's not a big deal. They could have just, like, tossed it aside echo is wearing jeans while she's riding a motorcycle when they smash cut to the dance she is not well yeah she's got a strip she's got to strip off her jeans to make a to get ready to dance jeans are for bikes like she switches from like a white top and jeans to a weird white dress that is very they've given her the personality of the ultimate party goer which means that she can change pants in like two seconds that's right she's a professional yeah and just because i mean just because you don't recognize recognize her skill that's been imprinted on her by some amalgam professional party goer socialite personality yeah that doesn't mean that she's not going to give it her all they've spent the weekend together this is like day three and he's like i know that we said no strings attached and she's like haha i tied you up (laughs) i tied you up when we had sex haha empowering and he's like i have i've got this for you and gives her the shittiest necklace in the world. It's. I mean, it no, looks it's, like you, you got know, it out of a, like, It looks like you got out of a gachapon machine. You see super, it like roll It's actually range. super cute for middle school prom. <laughs> anyway, he necks her some more and is like, "I'm gonna go get a drink." And she drops the act the moment he's out of sight and just leaves. Well, yeah, because like she's done. I think she's been deactivated or something. Yeah, there seems to be an implication that like all the personalities know they need to go get a treatment and but they don't know what the treatment is. And like she's right. still her personality, but she's just sort of like drawn to go get in the van. Yeah, so she goes back to her handler. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is played by Harry Leno, who I know because he plays this character 
in several different movies and TV shows. He is also another character that is not given a name. I will say his name is Boyd. Sure. Which I can remember because Boyd is a very memorable name. Uh, but again, never said at any point, just, hey, you're a guy. Hey, guy. I'm probably just going to keep calling him the Handler because... Yeah, that works. Uh, yeah, she, so she, yeah, she's go, she goes back to her handler and is, you know, he's asking her about, oh, how, how'd everything go? And she's like, oh, oh my god, I think he's, like, really the one, you know? I mean, right after my treatment, you gotta be, take me back to the party, right? Because, like, I don't know, it just really feels like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that, we'll do that, don't worry, we'll do that. And she goes in, so she gets taken to this, uh, weird building. You're, um, I want you to know, you're skipping over the moment where Matt is sadly drinking a beer, looking out into the night with the motorcycles at his side and this random dude's like where'd your friend go and he's like it's a like cinderella she had to go and he's yeah. like dude it's five haha ha, funny joke ha 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 we could take it back to the dollhouse which you know we don't know that's what it is yet but that's what it is it's an ambiguous yeah. it looks kind of like an office like a big open plan office mixed with a spa Mm-hmm. It really does. It is the weirdest fucking aesthetic I've ever seen in the it looks like building. a Yeah, it looks like a modern alternative medicine hospital. <laughs> I, like, I kind of want to see more just to see what the fuck is up with this place. Um, it most like reminds that- me of the hospital level in Hitman, the new ones. The, like, fuck, you're right! <laughs> right? Oh my okay, god! At least one of- fuck! <laughs> it's that place. So, if you want what this place looks like, go play Hitman. <laughs> the garage that they're in, there are other vans with other women and handlers. There is a woman we see from behind wearing the world's worst fitting kimono. I don't think they had anyone that actually knows how to put a kimono on. Yeah, um, that, that's, yeah, so we get to see the variety of, of, of uh, jobs that these, these people do. These people who are led into and out of vans do, so like... Obviously, they go to exotic places where people will definitely not be able to tell that, you know, they don't know how to wear what they're wearing. <laughs> yes. And I wrote in my notes that she's breasting boobily everywhere she goes because she's will not shut up to anyone she gets involved with about how she's having a good time and the party was so great. And there was a connection there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Echo, and be, her being Echo, not the lady in the kimono. Her being Echo, <laughs> not the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... We run into, uh, we get taken up to who is ostensibly a, another main character. It's Ed Sharon. For some reason. It's Ed Sharon. No. <laughs> His name is also not given. Uh, the character's name is Topher. We're talking uh, about the nerd this time, right? Yeah, played by Fran Kranz. Francis <sighs> Elliot Kranz. Yeah. So the nerd who runs, who actually does the treatment on the people and seems to be just sort of in charge of all the technology is like he's like a goofy nerd making jokes but he's also more than anyone totally buys into like like he's like this crass opportunist person who's like yeah no this is good what we're doing actually mm-hmm. and it's making me money yeah and, and like, i'd even be if fine it's with like morally dubious it's like you know the science is just yeah. amazing you know yes and i would be totally fine with that character type being attached to this character if it wasn't for the fact that he's cracking a lot of jokes so i know he's going to be sympathetic later mm-hmm. and I that know is that an that's where old we're going. Joss Whedon standby that is something that yes. we're going to see a lot of in his in his writing he loves putting fucking quips into all of his dialogue 
And in this show, more so than others, it's really obvious that he can't turn that off. Because whether it's Mm -hmm. a goofy scene, or a serious scene, or a tragic scene, he... And this is supposed to be a more serious show. He can't stop slipping quips in. And I want to point out, like, in my notes, I write, Oh, this is like Simon from Firefly, but bad in, like, an incel. Because that's the vibe I get off of him. Like, Mm -hmm. Simon was actually not the worst character in Firefly. He actually had an arc and unlearned some problematic behavior. He was fine. And now seeing it like this is just, oh, you... I see, we found the Joss stand-in, huh? (laughs) Uh, Yep, yep, that is exactly who this is. Whereas in Firefly, the Joss stand-in was the captain, so we didn't have to worry about it. Was it the captain, or was it Alan Tudyk? Let's be real. No, it was the captain, because Alan Tudyk was in a closed, monogamous relationship that did not go badly. Well, until the end. (laughs) If it was the... Spoilers. Yeah, I was just about to watch Firefly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just saved all of you. Don't. (laughs) Whoever's editing this, bleep this out. We can't... (laughs) (laughs) We can't ruin it. But, uh, he... He puts her in the weird, like, dentist chair that's, like, high-tech, I guess. Yeah. It glows. It's, it has LED strips. It's a gamer chair, but, like, better. And here is the part where I say something nice, which is that up the whole concept of, like, uploading and downloading memories and, like, putting them on chunky hard drives and shit, like, yeah, it's that's a fucking, very it's my a shit. It's fucking 8-track player. I love, I yeah. love this, and I feel like this, watching this, the, like, not this, most of the talking in this scene, but the scene where it's like, this is how the process works. It's like, very much just like taking a hard drive and taking their memories, and then they don't have them, and then we can upload it to someone else. And I was like, oh, okay, this show is targeted at me, huh? That's, like, it's, that's probably it, not good. They're like, the science makes no sense. If you try to break it down, you're gonna be like, this is bullshit, huh? But it, it's like, yeah, we know it's bullshit, so yeah, that's we're the premise. this yeah, the part Yeah, that's a science fiction show, so, like, the premise. Right. The, yeah. the idea is that you should be able to walk in with a little bit of leeway for the premise. Yeah, and I like the premise. Sure, you, you plug that NES cartridge in and up, upload her personality. Yeah. yeah. No biggie. Though, it's it's certainly a um, an interesting-looking dentist chair with restraints and uh, wide-eyed panicky looking women in it constantly <laughs> hey uh just gonna call a shot here do you think that uh topher is gonna fuck someone in the chair at some point in this show in the chair i think, so. I think he's yeah like not on just like using it as the nearest reclining surface no because i again my my called shot on topher is that uh, he he gets redemption. Yeah, I, I think he's going to get a, a, a bizarrely chased romance. <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll see. And he's going to be like, I get it now. What I was doing is bad before. I need but to I'll help do everybody. it for the good, in the I, good way. I have, I have drank my respecting women juice. Yes. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, although I do see what you're saying, Nix, because he is the Joss stand-in. That is definitely possible. <laughs> But we get, like, when he plugs her in, he's like, oh, you're going to feel a little pinch. And then we get a very bad montage of the last three days in reverse. Mm-hmm. With a very fun, it. with a She's... very fun shot, like, still shot of, like, a, a rope, but with shadows over it. Yeah, no, there's, like, multiple, like, haha, we're fucking, because that happened. Thanks, Joss. Hey, BDSM, it's fun. We're having fun. 
We also see flashbacks of a childhood, and I don't know if it was supposed to be her real childhood or the childhood of, like, the personality she was. Yeah, that was really unclear, and I I, I think it's the latter based on the way the episode goes, yeah. but we, you mm-hmm. have no way of I interpret it as the personality, but it, yeah. Prepare for us to say a lot, well, it doesn't explain <laughs> it, because, like, I don't mind fiction that's like, you have to interpret it yourself, but you still kind of gotta set up some... Like, this is the setup episode, because mm-hmm. it's the first episode and you're explaining the concept, and and maybe I should hold off on this particular criticism, but I'll just tell you right now, at no point does this show ever justify why anybody would use the dollhouse. Yeah. There's, like, at, at absolutely no point, both this personality and the one we're about to meet don't do anything that just, like, a normal person you would pay money to hire as a rich person, they would just do also do that. Like, <laughs> this well, is not better. So, we may as well get a little bit into it, because when we uh, when we get through the rest of the plot, it's not going mm-hmm. to be evident. I think the idea is supposed to be that, unlike an individual person's personality who can, who has a specialization, they're able to sort of make a hybrid personality out of several different people who excel at a lot of things, and it creates a new amalgam personality that then mm-hmm. is put and into also, the doll, which makes them ostensibly perfect for the job they're being hired for. Ostensibly. Also, it's for like positions where you, yeah, I want to be seen with this woman, or yeah, I need a uh, uh, negotiator. Right. But I don't want an actual person because it makes it look bad for me, the person who hired them. They want they want someone that does not exist specifically, so there is no trail. Yes, it doesn't do a, it does not actually uh, make any kind of argument for why this is preferable to oh, yeah. like any other organization. To be clear, this is my speculation. Yeah, these are hyper rich. Like you can only get use the dollhouse if you're stupidly rich, and if you're stupidly rich, just like just hire somebody. Find someone, yeah. <laughs> like I don't. The thing is that I think that comes up. Oh, it comes mm-hmm. up in the fucking F- oh, the FBI room scene. We'll get yeah. there. We will yeah, get, we'll get there. there. In fact, that's almost the um, next Yeah, scene. We're, we're, we're close. Like, the, the, we do the flashback. Uh, it, like, blacks out for a second, and she drops the shitty necklace, because symbolism. And then Echo wakes up, and she is now a confused, innocent child woman. Mm-hmm. Who does not yeah. understand how language works. That's a very Faith move. That's something that happened to Faith and Buffy. In Buffy, though, she was supposed to be a teenager who was being misled by the mayor of their town, whereas here, she's an adult woman, and she's just doing this around a building. And yes. I know people are going to make the comparison to River from Firefly. This is worse than River. River at least could speak and engage with people, and she just was, like, she oh. suffered from schizophrenia. That's not the same thing as literal, like, idiot child. Yeah, this is, like, weird. The We're told, like, a little bit later that, like, oh, to replace someone's personality, you'd have to completely delete the previous personality. So it's, like, murdering them. And so I guess the default human with no personality is, like, bimbo who likes spa? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it, I, I, I can't believe you keep saying that she doesn't say anything. She, she says, she has such moving lines, like, something fell on me, or she hurts. 
Like, yeah. I hate saying it, but she's like a, a bimbo cave woman. Yep. It's so weird. Yeah. Glamazon it's Huntress. so weird. Restore Glamazon Huntress AD. That's for me. <laughs> it's so weird that my initial impression when we see her get up and, like, act weird is like, oh, they've implanted a personality that is like dumb or something and or limited but it's like no this is just what a person is like with no personality you may not like it but this is what peak humanity <laughs> <laughs> there it is i don't like it he takes a drive pulls it out blows on it walks in the next room has this fucked up conversation with boyd but no like we get a full conversation and there is actually important like plot details in this yeah. like i have a lot of words about the scene but first, uh, he's like, oh, you know, how'd it go? And he's like, oh, why don't you ask Echo? Oh, wait, you can't. Turns to the camera. Because her memories are gone. And it's <laughs> just, it's, it is so fucking weird. But it, it sets up that they're, in the entire personality and all the memories are removed after, you know, it's not just decommissioning the personality. They do not remember anything about their time. Yeah, period. this episode's really muddled in the sense that it's first off, introducing you to this very bizarre concept of personality wiping and replacing and like but like before it even really explains to you what it is it's already like maybe this is morally gray and it's like okay maybe i still don't know what i I kind of i still don't know what you fully do with it but i guess it's gonna be bad they're they're misunderstood humanitarians actually (laughs) look at the docile females that are happy without a thought in the world yeah, and that's actually in the very first scene too, where like the boss lady is talking to pre pre mind wipe Echo, and she's like, D- "Don't you want to help people? You'll be helping people if you join with us." But what I actually want to talk about is that this office is the most deranged location in this entire fucking show. There is an anime figurine on the desk that I lost my mind seeing, and I have just posted a photo of it. What the fuck is that? Why is that on his desk? Uh, huh. What is that? There's a gumball machine with a sticky hand. There is a whack-a-mole arcade machine. There are posters of anime people with the word coffee in bright letters. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a this is also a wacky this is also a wacky weird uh, fun time Whedon nerd esque establishment. Like there's a bunch of like cartoon and like western comic book and like anime posters and there's like a weird chest set and there's there's so much weird shit it's a it's a room that it's, screams ah curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal this office hurts <laughs> what is this okay i'm done okay yeah I, no i i, I, I can't this not office. we are not you are not uh letting this line go away the new moon made the her moon. a virgin again implying that because echo had sex with that man but since it's been pulled out of her and the personality's gone she's now sexually pure and available again and that's cool and mm-hmm. fun and that's something that he did the nerd the nerd brought her virginity back isn't that cool yeah, like, at this scene, I was like, oh, Topher wants to sleep with Echo. I see. But then, like, he interacts with other women later, and it's like, oh, does he just, is he just wanting to sleep with somebody? No, this is, is just Joss Whedon. This, yeah, this is just Joss Whedon doing his thing where he, uh, where know. he subconsciously, like, puts in these, these, these themes of, I need to control women so that they can be better feminists. 
And that's that's a running theme through all of his thing where people have to have like women have to be redeemed, well, broken, redeemed, tempted again, fixed by a man. Like that's it's just yeah. such a it's such a running theme with Whedon, and I have a feeling we're going to be seeing way more of it, and I hate it. A great thing about the fact that our main character gets to be multiple main characters is we get to see some of these things happen over and over. Uh, <laughs> um, by the way, this is only ten minutes into the episode. It's yeah. just, all this bullshit is front-loaded. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of front-loading here. There's gonna be a lot of this episode where we basically just can cover it with, like, a paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like the next scene, which is just girl talks to dad on phone and pours herself a bowl of pretzels, because that's the thing to do. Yes. And then... Yeah, fucking... She, like, she's alone in the house, and she pours a bowl of pretzels. Like, I don't know why that stood out to me so much, but I was just like, what kids... They're having this weird conversation about a reality TV show that doesn't matter. It's 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 to show that this this rich man really does care about his child. It's, it's just talk about something. We need mm-hmm. you to have a conversation long enough and then hang up. She hangs up the phone and is immediately drugged and kidnapped. Oops. Oops. Well, yeah. there's nothing else to say about the scene. It's just that. Yeah, that, yeah that's literally the end of the scene. That's the cut to commercial. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it's a cut to the really bad opening of the show. <laughs> oh, right. Took... Opening and then commercial. Oh, jeez. I forgot the... it took that long. Yep. Yeah, the opening is really bad, by the way. Like, it's 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 like someone tried to do a live action anime opening and it doesn't work. Yep. Uh, another thing that Joss Whedon what? has been accused of, and in my opinion, rightfully so, is the fact that he lifts most of his themes and uh, aesthetic from anime without ever making it evident, so that people just think it's his idea. Mm-hmm. And like, like, just look it up on YouTube, listener. Like, it's I we can't. Exp- we can't really get into it. It's but if you, uh, uh, like. but uh, and listener, hey, if you're into haunting toy piano, then you should definitely <laughs> listen. God. <laughs> um, yeah. But the the scene following the opening is just the dad and one of his guards, I guess. Talking. Yeah, there's to... like a head guard because they didn't want to have too many characters in the side plot, so there's just one guard. I'm on level with you. Until the end of the episode, I thought that was a dollhouse agent that was just there. Oh. <laughs> left with the dad, and I was just like, oh, I guess he was a bodyguard. Oops. The scene is just Adele talks to him, says, yeah, we'll send you a person. Do not tell them about dollhouse. They will not understand. Looks at the camera. It could send them back. And I'm sure that won't be plot relevant ever. I don't know what you're suggesting, that there's some kind of indication that one could give before, some sort of shadow cast across the narrative that could possibly suggest that this is going to happen. The scene following that is her getting examined by a doctor who is apparently a recurring character and stated to be Joss Whedon's favorite character from the show, so that that bodes well for her writing. Yeah, uh, she's she's a... scarred faced kind of uneasy woman who seems to be deferential to almost everyone else. <laughs> yes. Uh, her name is listed as Dr. Saunders. We do get during this whole sequence some great every between every single shot that happens, every single scene that happens in the dollhouse area, we always get like establishing shots of the various dolls going to like spas or 
the main office or something. Massages or. And I realized one thing that was so fucking weird about this place is like, all there's always extras walking around, except when there suddenly isn't. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. it takes literally ten seconds and they all vanish. But every time there's extras walking around, they are all walking in random straight lines. Yeah, they're, they're not so, going anywhere. They're just like NPCs milling about in a video game. Like yes. you're not supposed to look at them. <laughs> um, she's being examined by Doctor Sanders in the world's weirdest clinic, mm-hmm. which is when you said it was like alternative medicine. It's because she's got like urns and jade plates and like three books on her giant and also everything's done in this like in this like soothing wood that kind of blends into each other uh i do want to point out this character the dr saunders uh yeah she's played by amy acker who is who is uh best known for uh being fred and illyria fan those are also fan favorite characters uh, from what I uh, from what I recall from Angel, <laughs> what we're saying is that the show is almost entirely just Buffy cast. Yeah, no, Joss Whedon has a he's kind of like Tim Burton in a way. In that Tim Burton, you always are thinking, mm-hmm. okay, well, where's Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter? Like Joss Whedon has a similar stable of actors like that. I also want to mention that the doctor's office there are no lights on. There's just like a lamp on the desk, a mm-hmm. lamp on the wall, and that's <laughs> it's soothing. It. It's creepy. <laughs> It's like an interrogation room, but she's massaging her knee. And we get the best dialogue ever written, which is, Would you like a massage? They are relaxing. Yes. Yeah, and that is and that they, is dialogue, just, listeners. That's they just dialogue stare. between two people. They just stare ahead like, yes. The, the, the doctor says, Would you like a massage? And the response from Echo is, they are relaxing. They're relaxing. It's not a question or a statement. It's just kind of a description. Well, again, she's default personality. So the default no personality human just thinks that de- massages are relaxing and wants to let you know that. Mm-hmm. But she's like, okay, well, you know, we'll get the massage. You go ahead and like just head out. For I'll a be bit right back. Second. Don't go anywhere. Wink. And then Echo immediately is like, anyway, just gonna. Wander off in a straight line somewhere. (laughs) And even though literally she walked into the office 30 seconds ago when there were tons of people in the main office and it was light, she walks out in the main office and it's dark and everybody's gone. (laughs) Well, you see, she took a step out of the office and then her, like, quest UID updated and said, investigate (laughs) the flashing light. (laughs) Because she, like, notices the flashing light on one of the couches, looks up at, like, the office... I, are they not allowed up there, question mark? Because it, it's very easy for her to get into it, but they treat her being there like it's, she's not supposed to be in that section. I think the idea is they just don't tend to go anywhere unless directed to. Right, and for whatever reason, today Echo decided to wander up there, and then she heard screams. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, she, she wanders up, because the flashing lights, hears the screams, goes in, says, like, Two words. She Topher hurts. freaks out. She hurts. That's it. How did I forget such gripping dialogue? That's actually um, that's actually something. I, when I heard that, I was like, God, that could be the name of the podcast. God, yeah. <laughs> she hurts. A Joss Whedon explanation. Oh, no. <laughs> there's, there's no explanation. It's... But he, like, it's like keep scanning without me. She grabs her, yanks her out of the room. It's like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of here. Something fell on me. Oh, no, I'm sorry. She's like, he, he's very soothing and treating her like an 
person and not a baby. That's right. Oh, babies are people too. Mm. He's like, oh, uh, it's her first time. We're just having to do a lot more work on her. But when she's done, you're going to have a new friend. Her name is Sierra. Anyway, go get your knee fixed up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, something fell on me. I'll bet it was something great, he says. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm in love with you. That's like the level of like shit. If I'm not thinking and responding, I would say something really cringe like that, too. So like... Mm Uh, and now we get no, to No, that doesn't to the, make any uh, sense! Uh, <laughs> the FBI. Also, are movie. there only. Are there only 26 dolls because they are using the NATO phonetic alphabet? Or is someone just named like A or 1 or. I. What's their, sure what's we'll, their versioning? I'm sure we'll find out eventually. We get a scene with this random, like the most white bread man you could imagine. He's like an amalgamation of every white, middle aged, serious man. Yeah, yeah. He's he's one of those characters where you look at him and you're like, do I know that actor? And you're like, no, I guess I don't. I feel like I've seen um, him somewhere. Oh, it's 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 every mildly angry white guy. <laughs> but mm-hmm. do they actually say whether he's FBI or CIA or what? Uh, like, they're just... in a room, and there's like a uh, there's like some sort of emblem on the wall. <laughs> I think from that you infer. He is part of. I fear if it, if you're making a joke, I did not actually grasp what part he was of because I don't look at the CIA or FBI ever. Uh, I I'm not. I literally don't. I I they did not bring it up during that conversation, and the only way you can tell that they are somewhere is is yeah by the emblem eagle. on the wall. Oh, this guy appeared in Supernatural. Uh, oh, good. Tomo Pennicut. I'm just going to say FBI. If they correct it, we'll adjust at that point. I think they say FBI um, later. It's fine. Okay. Uh, he's getting yelled at by his superiors because he has fail-sunned his way through ruining multiple investigations. Like, it's implied that he's fucked up like a seven-year... Uh, like, okay, because he's been on this... He's been on the dollhouse case for 14 months. He is in that time frame, gotten arrested for trespassing on a prince's yacht... Punched out a senator, jeopardized a seven-year trafficking operation. Uh, apparently, nearly got murdered by the Russians? Question mark. Yeah. And the only reason they haven't fired his ass or pulled him off is because someone higher up knows about the dollhouse and is like, "No, he's doing dollhouse. Don't touch him." Which is something mm-hmm. he brings to the table, but he's obviously he's obviously being dressed like dressed down by some form of superior and. They, and they're like, the dollhouse yeah. is just some fairy tale, and we're not going to have you fucking up, like, real missions, like, uh, you know, like, uh, fucking little girl trafficking, which is, you know, a fun thing we had to throw in there and be and remember. Is there anything we want to talk about the FBI guy for? Because, like, this whole No, section... he's boring yes. as hell. We, his scene is interspersed I with do. MMA. Yeah, they have him, they do one of my least favorite things, which is they're telling him to stop, but they want to show that he's stubborn and not going to stop. So they intersperse it with really terrible boxing. Um, and then, like, he gets hit down in the boxing, and they say stop. And then he looks up in the boxing, and then he gets hit down again, and they say stop. But then he does a, he does a jumping knee strike, and it makes a tiger roar. <laughs> Dead, oh this God. fucker is Sagat. <laughs> After this weird montage, we see Echo going into the chair again, and Adele talks to her handler about the case girl's been abducted he's gonna pay five million 
he's fine with it. He just wants his daughter back. We get the gist. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. She's like, no justice. This is just a transaction. Uh, she like very badly drops the fact that her handler is an ex-cop. It's it, mm-hmm. it is like turned to the camera. No ex-cop shit. Turn back yeah, to character. Specifically says you aren't allowed to help our client. You're only there to help our agent. Like don't actually be useful. Right. And this immediately gets broken. <laughs> yes. Um, and the scene ends with him being like, "Okay, well, who is she?" And it cuts to the biggest girl boss you've ever seen walking into the mansion and greeting the rich guy. Yeah. Uh, Echo. Yeah. Which, to be clear, is still Except Echo, but now she's Elizabeth. Right. right. Eleanor. Eleanor. Oh, did I write Ah, damn it. I thought I wrote it down right. Well, they immediately degrade her and call, start calling her Ellie, so like... Which she, she then snaps back and says, Ms. Penn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the, after the like commercial break... It immediately cuts to the rich guy and her, like, I, I, I put in my notes, why is everyone flirting with everyone in this show? Uh, because it felt like, it felt like they were flirting because he's like, oh, how dare, like, why would they send a beautiful woman? They yeah. sent the wrong person. They should have sent a daddy instead. Yeah, I put warm the- warm and yeah. comforting. Fatherly people uh, put people at ease. Edward James almost people- <laughs> Yeah, they did. They did name drop fucking Edward James. Oldman. Whereas attractive women are distracting. We did skip one thing here, mm-hmm. which is when Echo is having her new personality implanted. We have a scene between Henry the handler. No, sorry, Henry's the actor's name. Uh, Boyd. Boyd the handler. <laughs> and, the handler. Uh, and uh, and the nerd and uh, the handler is like, "Hey, um, why does she have glasses?" And the hand, the the nerd is like, oh, well, it's you have to have some posi- some negative things to weigh some positive things. He also has asthma, and yeah, like he basically no, just talks for a few it's minutes. Even stupider than that, though, because he explicitly is like, well, these personalities are like they're made of multiple people, and right. Mm-hmm. So some and so like apparently some of those people are nearsighted or have asthma, and that is, I guess, maybe the dominant personality it was based off of did so in order to make a completely seamless personality she all she does as well but that's not the that's not the reason that they they tell us she has these things the reason she they tell us that she has these things will become apparent later on when we discover what else her pri- the dominant yeah. personality is but, uh yeah this whole- they specifically say like Oh, you have to have negative traits to have positive yes. traits. And it's it's like an RPG malice and boon system. Like <laughs> it's this fucking weird scene where like he's watching actives like run on treadmills and like like wistfully staring at every woman in his proximity. And he's like, Well, when you see someone running, are they running from something or are they running towards something? The real yeah, answer both. is both. It's and then like he sees the doctor and then wistfully stares at her for a while. And it's just like, yeah, we Yeah, could. and she looks uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, it is obvious. He explicitly is like, yeah, we don't have to put this stuff in, but I wanted to. And then the scene ends, like, he's just like, yeah, we didn't have to, but... Yeah. yeah, he gives, like, literally three explanations for why the agents have imperfections. The malice, the malice and boon system, but also, no, it's not that. It's that the personalities had it. But also, no, 
It's just because. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah, and, and the next the next part here is pretty. It's it's the drama of our episode, and it is just mm-hmm. it is. There's just dry. not much to say about it's it. Like so dry. She, she the kidnappers are in contact. They do some. She does some girl boss negotiation. The, they get the dad gets to talk to the little girl. The little girl who is apparently the smallest profiler in the world is just laying down all of these weird observations yeah, that I don't think like, a, like an eight-year-old would like Like, get. there's a couple things to keep note of here. Like, when she's first speaking to the guy on the phone, they immediately start flirting, and I, that's when I went, shut, like, stop this. I mean, it's stop it. flirting. <laughs> the show is so horny. Sexist banter. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're the school teacher now, Miss Penn. Like, shut up. And, like, so much of what happens during this like 20 minute period is establishing the character of Eleanor Penn, uh-huh. a character who the show has made clear we're not going to see again. Yeah. So why I like and if we were they're just establishing a character that we have been told not to care about. And it's so what is this scene? Listeners, you have to understand of this like. 45 minute ish show there is like a good 10 minutes in the middle dedicated to dragging out what kind of character this this ms pen is yeah like it it, it takes forever and still haven't gotten her backstory during this time period there was like a 30 second cut to the agent drinking at the bar for no fucking reason Anyway, uh, with the call during the daughter, it's she immediately is like this. As Frank said, no, no girl would say this. Yeah, the man with the mask. It's dark. They gave me food. I got to use the restroom. It was very tiny. Oh, it's weird. Did they remove her? Did they remove her base personality as well? <laughs> but like, and she tries to like say something. And massages are good. <laughs> uh, and Eleanor. Uh, Cuts off and is like, hi, I'm a friend of your father's. Shut the fuck up, little girl. You're gonna get yourself killed. Because and apparently the guy in charge is also, the kidnapper in charge is also a profiler who is like, oh yeah, well you're like this and this lady and he's like that and that. And she's worried that he's gonna be able to piece together, oh little girl, you are definitely doing this to like give them hints. Well, which... no, the gist, the gist I got was that the little girl was explicitly about to say something specific about where they are, because she's like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I he's trying, she's like trying by to the tip water. them off, and she was like, uh, she'd be like, no, stop, he's too smart for this. Well, he's literally sitting there next to the girl, like, he's hearing this Yeah, but she also makes a big deal about how, like, he was, he's gonna put it together, and it's like, put what together? Yeah, the little girl's <laughs> gonna be like, we're at, we're by the water, and it's like, there's nothing to put together, she just said it. I think Eleanor has back and forth with both the dad and the kidnapper. Yes. And then after all of that concludes because the guy hangs up on them and then the dad gets like upset and they go out to the balcony and they start talking. Mm-hmm. And he's very obviously like, I, I actually get why he's frustrated because he knows she's not a real person. So like to his, from his perspective, this like non person might be getting his daughter murdered in front of his face. Like, and this is also the show's chance to justify why the fucking dolls exist to us, the viewer. Except that he already knew what the dollhouse was, and he's apparently used them before because he's a regular customer, so he already knows the fucking score. So, and, and he, the way yeah, that but- he runs through everything is like, 
I'm going to deliberately say all the things that could set you off because that's my best option right now. Power word, wake up. Um, he like pushes her and he's like, you know, make me believe, convince me why you can do, you know, who are you? Like, what did you do? So and she stumbles into some cool fake rape memories. Yeah, yeah well, yes. not... It's complicated. They're real memories. Oh, wait, you of- can you can tell. Like she's kidnapped, and but you can tell the way that she's going. It's it's rape. Like it's she was yeah. raped when she was kidnapped. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She was a victim when she was a kid, or one of the people that made her was. It's complicated. And this sends her into having like a breakdown. Which, by the way, uh, breakdown three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it's like like I get so far. Like, as somebody like I, I as a kid I did have. It didn't have full asthma, but, like, I they thought I had asthma. Anxiety can mm-hmm. trigger asthma attacks. That part's real. Sure. But it's like... Yes. Like, they, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, she has asthma, winks to the camera. Right, And then, like, yeah. five scenes later, oops, deep-seated trauma caused her to have an asthma attack. Cool. Thanks, Joss. This is great. Love it. And the fact that she has a panic attack that triggers an asthma attack is what wins the dad over. And he's like, okay, I trust you now. And I'm kind of like, no, that seems like a bad attribute for this. I do appreciate that he's like, okay, shit, like, you know, even if they are not real, this is still a woman in front of me. Like, yeah, like, like I get that. Like, it's probably he probably realized that he was. I agree. I, I, I agree with your assessment. I think I'm, my my take on it is a little less charitable, charitable because my take oh, is God, like, yeah, oh, I see. Th- oh, oh, shit, shit. The, the human doll that I hired is like malfunctioning. Fuck, I'm fucking it up. Uh, uh, don't worry, it's fine. Let's just go to bed. <laughs> yeah, and it just like cuts to the next day immediately where it's like yeah we're driving to the marina in the most exposed location possible which is like the worst place to do an exchange mm-hmm. and then she like very primly is like oh well show us the girl here's the money blah 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 here we brought these six like brightly colored duffel bags and then she gets up close to the guy <laughs> like yeah because there's like because like the one guy she's talking on the phone has been like sitting there or like standing there the others are on a boat that they're obviously going to use to take off the moment they get the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other guys come forward to pick up the bags, and she recognizes one of them and has an asthma attack again. It's a—it's uh, actually really unclear at that moment what it is that she's doing, because all of her reactions are very uh, uh, muddled, confused, almost yeah. as if she's a personalityless doll again. Yeah, but no, it turns out it's actually the person the implanted personality having a memory. Right. Yeah. And And it's none of that. Okay, to start with, we need to be clear that Boyd is sitting in the on like on a warehouse rooftop with a sniper rifle that is silenced. So Boyd is secretly there, like the dad doesn't know that he's there. Yeah. And when the deal goes bad, like Boyd shoots some of the kidnappers. And but I'm just like only like one of them. He doesn't they're still there. Why are you not shooting the others that are very much visibly in sight? Yes, because it's like, well, your his personality is, I mean, his, his priority is adult. It's like, why not just employ three snipers and tell the client, we are also sending three snipers, and then have the snipers kill the kidnappers, and you're Cause good. Because the other thing is like, the kidnappers are not with the girl. She's on the boat by herself. All of them got off the yes. boat. Yes! It's not even like a big boat. It's a small boat. Like, there's no room for hiding. There's, but it, there's also like a moment where, because uh, Topher is monitoring her vitals back at base, and he's like, "Hold up, what the fuck's going on?" And Boyd's like, "Uh, nothing. It's going great." 
look like camera cut to woman crumpled in front of him. <laughs> it's like, uh, sure. But yeah, the other kidnappers sail away. The father is shot, by the way. He is like gone. Like he's shot and down and is not. They much. later say he might live. They aren't sure if he's going to live. Or yeah, like it's, it's he's not. Which is weird because he looks super dead. Yeah, he looks, he looks super, super shot in the heart. Yeah. yeah. But there's like one throwaway line where it's like, we don't know if our client's alive or not. And I'm like, I think I know. I think your client's dead. <laughs> you may be wrong. Um, but in the van, after the com- another commercial break, uh, the handler is like, what the hell happened? Like, what what went wrong? And is obviously like de-escalating her asthma and anxiety. I'm going to very, very, very truncate this because it's, un- it's uncomfortable to listen to as someone that is affected by this kind of content. She states that one of the men she saw, who is the ringleader of the group, kidnapped and assaulted her when she was a child, uh, presumably thought she was dead and did not follow up on it. Can't kill a ghost. Uh, can't kill a ghost. Can't kill a ghost. Yeah. And that's our, that's our episode title. She explains that based off of what he did when she was a kid, he will kill the other men while they are checking the money for dye packets or tracers, that kind of thing, and then take the Vina away with him. Like specifically and after they finished, she said specifically after they finished counting it. It's like, why is that the moment? Like, I mean, hey, less work for him to do. I mean, sure, that, but that's like the one thing that I understand. It's like, fuck it, they're going to be like, dead soon. Like, it's like, okay, yeah, no dye packets, no, no tracing, whatever. It's like, okay, cool. I don't actually care how much money this is. You're all dead. Yeah, and the implication is that he's done this a lot. So it's like, oh, so this dude's just a serial killer and a pedophile. Great. Yeah, cool. that, there's a lot that just comes out. Yeah, but she's like, I can think of it. We like, I got a brain blast. They mentioned a mask. Mm-hmm. It must be someone the girl knows. This is logic. And he must not be Latino. But yeah. Well, no, because one of the lines that the head kidnapper said was like, oh, so you're the teacher now. And she's like, that means that the one on the mask must be her teacher, because it's like there's more than one teacher in that conversation. Right. And also, if he's a teacher, he must not be looking. And right. this, around this time is also when Boyd is getting detained by a character who is apparently a main cast member and is also not named. Um, the guy that is the, the white guy that looks awful, his name oh. is Lawrence Dominic. He is yeah, the head of security. He's apparently a prominent character. Yeah, he's the head of security, which is another yeah. thing that is only... It's more obvious from the things that he does, but it's still never stated. Yeah. No, it, it is. It is it very is? briefly stated. Yes. It is a throwaway line, but uh, Eleanor, after... Because he, he rushes into Adele's office, yells at her. She's like, no, fuck you. You fucked this up. He's like, I respect women, actually. I am the only man in the show that is not actually the worst. And they do not deprogram Eleanor yet. Yeah, no, they, they have this whole scene where he has to argue, no, don't take the personality out. Because she's the only one who can find this girl. And they're like having this heated argument about it while the nerd is like linking her to the chair. Like linking Echo to the chair. I think it's implied to be immediate. Like I don't think it's a process that's like you hit a switch and oops slurped out immediately. No, but as they finally cave and like I submit to your logic and reason, we were going to stop this. He runs to... The nerd, the like the the machinery office, the place where they do the deprogramming and the programming, and like he's like panting, trying to get there, and he walks in, and it's really dramatic because oh my god, he just pulled the tape out, he must be done, oh no! But then it turns out, where are my glasses? Yeah, and it yeah. turns out she's still Ms. Penn. It's like, well, then what the fuck was he doing? 
The impression I got yeah. that the show does not show is that she realized it before he hit the switch and was like, no, 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 stop, I figured something out. And he's too much of a milk toast nerd and was just like, okay, fine, women say, women be loud, I do thing. Like it. I like the idea of like five seconds after that scene cuts, the nerd just kind of turns himself and he's like, he knows we have like inter-office communication, right? <laughs> yeah. like she just, the boss just called me, I don't know why That's I what I see, and I was but, like, did yeah. someone call him? Is that, like, it's gonna be, and that never comes up. No, it's such a weird dramatic mini cliffhanger that does that is resolved in a way that's resolved just... before the it's resolved before the commercial cut too. Yeah, in a way that's so bizarre that it's just really confusing. Yeah. Like you didn't have to put this in. By the way, this show is this show is shot horribly. Like it's yes. it's so weird. It feels very soap opery sometimes in the way that things are laid out. It feels so qu- not even so much cheaply done because I don't think it's cheap. It feels quickly. Done. Yeah, it's it's it's. It's weird. Um, but yeah. af- but after the commercial break, she's like, the school teacher line, that's important. Uh, it has to be someone tied to her school. That's why they wore a mask around her. Mm-hmm, because uh, she would recognize her. Also that she's, he's probably not Latino. Yeah. Uh, her handler is forced to stay behind, though, because I guess he's still in trouble, I guess. <laughs> I mean, um, he must not be Latino, because as we all know, the... <laughs> Fucking A. I can't believe in it's Mexico bad. kidnapping is a thriving business. Yeah, like look, I haven't been mentioning it because I'm very white. I do not feel like I'm the right person to address the weird race shit. There's a lot of weird race shit in this. It's bad. That's racist. Um it's, <laughs> yeah. It's it's very bad. Lawrence, the head of security, leaves with her instead. They take a helicopter. Off screen during the commercial, they did a Google search and found the teacher, I guess. It's just like, yep, we got his name oh, already. Oh, hey, look, the only teacher that's been absent for 12 days. They're like, yeah, he's got a sister. She's on an abandoned property. We are taking a helicopter there. There's no nothing interesting here. It's just the helicopter nope, ride. No, they just get there. She and, walks uh, up alone. Uh, Ms. Penn just goes to the, to the door. And meanwhile, we get a scene of Boyd and Topher talking about how, oh, her brain's all blue. That means she's afraid. The entirety of her brain is afraid. Yeah. yeah. So the blue part is where she's afraid, is sh- showing that she's afraid. Well, it's all blue. Yeah. It's like fucking Mood Matrix from Ace Attorney, where it's like, yeah, the dominant emotion is blue, therefore. <laughs> only written in a snappy, Joss Whedon way. Most humans only use 10% of their brain to be afraid. <laughs> they, have, they have to get at least one more woman pain thing in, and they're like, yeah, the person whose memories of the kidnapping committed suicide last year. Yep. Anyway, this is not relevant mm-hmm. to anything. We just mentioned it and then... Mm-hmm. I guess she never got away from him. Is what <sighs> he says oh, yeah. about it. Fucking hate you, Joss Whedon. I will fist Can fight you. start another list of other women who get tortured <laughs> and put her on that? Yeah, there's already like, what, Sierra, her, presumably... Yes. Uh, <sighs> this show sucks. Uh, the doctor with facial scars, you know there's a story there. Maybe she just tripped and fell and, like, kind of <laughs> scratched fell her face. On me. Maybe there's no torture. No, she was a teenager, she's like, yeah. I'm gonna look badass in 20 years. <laughs> oh, these? Oh, my kid drew them on me. Oh, shoot. Sorry. <laughs> you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> it's actually very boring. Yeah. Uh, she approaches this house that is, like, derelict. Like, it is boarded up. It is fucked up. It doesn't... Do we even know what city they're in, by the way? They've never said where this is located. The city of Townsville. Yeah, because um, it looks like they're in the fucking, like, 
deep south out of thin air. It's very jarring. Mm-hmm. But um, also, sometimes they look like they're really near California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, she walks up to the house by herself because it's just her. And they're like, yeah, we will let this unarmed woman go to these armed men. Great. She knocks on the door. It's like, yo, it's it's the woman. Like, yeah, hey, let me in, guys. And they're uh, like, yeah, okay, let's not shoot her through the door. Let's just let her in. Yeah. The shitty pedophile guy is a shithead. And she's like, you know he's going to shoot you, right? And, like, lays out what he did when she was a kid. Uh, uh, at, at some point <clears throat> with him with him saying... You shut up or I'll find something to stuff your mouth with. Yeah, I was going to avoid saying that because I it makes me very uncomfortable. We're putting, but... we're putting a major, we're putting a major, we're putting content warnings on like every episode because I don't think you can avoid yeah. talking about it because Joss Whedon loves to put sexual assault in his writing. Yeah. Like that's just going to be a theme and we can't get away from it. I won't get away from it because I, I very much hate it. It's one of the things I hate about him the most. I, I said it before, I will just fight Joss Whedon in a parking lot anytime I hate him. Wish granted. Right now! Your podcast Good. is ruined! <laughs> no, I'm doing it live on the air, motherfucker! <laughs> this is going on the Patreon. <laughs> uh, she's, she's like, oh yeah, you put the girl in the fridge, right? Ugh. Unplugged it. Laid it down. Tied it up with rope, because these doors don't lock anymore. Just fucking yeah. literally put her in a fridge. And then the other kidnappers are like, Oh, we like kidnapping kids and threatening them, but we don't like pedophiles, so we're gonna let you have this guy. Like, well, she she does suggest first that oh, he's gonna guy. fucking shoot you. Like, mm-hmm. he's gonna kill you both, and then he's just gonna leave with the girl and the and the money. Like, that's what he's done yeah, before. She... And then he's and then starts a uh, girl boss beat by beat, laying down every single thing that he did. They're like, wait, that all that's all right. Mm-hmm. How did she know yeah, all it's... that? And, like, one of them was like, well, we were gonna, like, call the police up from a payphone and be like, yo, she's at location. And he's like, well, he wasn't gonna let you. Yeah. No, you were gonna be, uh, you were going to be dead. Anyway, they all activate their backs and start shooting at each other, and she just walks into the next room. <laughs> she's just like, oh, I'll do the, I'll do the mild, uh, the mild take cover crouch all the way to the kitchen. Yeah, and she breaks the rope, question mark. Uh, it's Somehow. a bungee cord. I think she just takes it apart. And, like, the girl's just, like, sitting there and is like, oh, I'm... Yeah, okay. He did bad things to me. Uh, she grabs the girl. One of the kidnappers, who I think got shot in the leg, like, stumbles in and is like, just go. Fuck it. Like, we got the money. We don't care. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, Sierra, like, explodes the door and just shoots them. Yeah. Cool. They're cool. Asian girl boss. Yeah. Sierra, backed up by a group of normal people with guns. Again, you could just hire normal people with guns. It would be fine. No, but she's got, she's got like perfect gun, cold blood, heavy type personality juice in her now. Yeah, I would take 95% perfect, but like three of them personally. And like, to be clear, her explanation for why they're busting in makes sense. She's like, we heard gunshots. We made a call. It's like, yeah, fair enough. They don't have eyes. But I was walking out. You're like, I'm just glad they didn't shoot through the door and murder is, and, then, uh, yeah, and I think she was just like, is the girl alive? And is that the money? Then what are you complaining about? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. She's like, we got three minutes. Get the money. Remove any trace we're here. And it's like, yeah. If it, I, as much as I feel very weird about how she's going to be portrayed, I think I'm going to like Sierra. Bring in the ultimate maid to clean everything up. <laughs> as long as she's not like always going to be like our deus ex machina. Frank, you cannot bait me into making a Danganronpa joke. I am not going to do that. <laughs> but I mean, you eventually. admitted that you could. Yes. Trap sprung. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, problem resolved. Girl is alive. Yay! Yay! Miss Penn did it. I mean, Echo did it. I mean, Faith did it. I mean, Caroline did it. I mean, yeah. Eliza Dushku did it. Yeah, it just, it, it, like, she carries the girl out and then it just does a weird segue into, oops, she's leaving the lab as innocent girl woman again. Oh, yeah, there's some voiceover that doesn't matter, right? Uh, we get, the final scene of this is, like, three weird transition scenes. Uh, Adele's talking to the head of security. She confirms that the father did not die, which means we are never going to see him again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's fine. Everything's fine. Everything worked out great. That's why the dollhouse is so good. Well, except for cut to handing Lawrence a folder marked Alpha. And it's like, how are we going to clean this up? Eyes only. (laughs) It's, yeah. Uh, We (laughs) get a cut. Alpha eyes only. (laughs) We get a few more shots of the deranged dollhouse facility yes. they have like open showers like something you see on big brother it's so fucking oh, weird and yeah. then they have it, like these fucking dr fives beds that are just like in the ground yeah, and they cover up like they cover up with with some with what looks like the floor yeah like translucent like semi-translucent glass They're like little storage spaces in the floor <laughs> it looks like a murder spa it does. Like, it's, it's like a spa bed, but they're also like cryogenic pods. It's yes. so weird. It's so like just again, you guys are going through so much effort. Did, well, to just get a bed. Like, you, know, you see what happened is Joss Whedon saw the movie Eon Flux and was like, "Shit, I gotta do this." God, he would have seen and the I, movie and not the like and, animations too. Yeah, I say this as someone that likes both the animation and the movie. He would have just seen the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the very, the very last scene of the episode, easily the fucking funniest thing in this entire fucking show. A naked man is sitting watching a television with a video of Caroline, pre-Dollhouse, talking about college, and the camera, like, pans away to show two dead people who I, I think might be her parents, question mark? Could They're be. people. Literally, I thought it was her parents, but then the shot went on for so long, I decided they weren't her parents. Yeah, it's just like a dude and un- undiscernible person. I, yeah, I, I remember we were panning over them all. I was like, am I supposed to know either of these people? Are these some of the characters who I didn't get a name for, which is most of them? No, they're just people. And no, and people. yeah, ultimately it's like, no, they're just somebody. They're somebody. Mm-hmm. The shot of naked man doing thing with dead bodies, I've just and he like, like, this is- males something he takes like a picture of her as a kid and mails it to somebody and was like keep looking he, this the shot of a naked dude with a bunch of dead bodies has been done in so many shonen anime of just like oh here's the new rival he's a badass guy because he doesn't have any clothes and he killed these people <laughs> with his bare fists it also has like the unmistakable feeling of american horror story like it, yes in, it's it this, it's like the horror in suburbia that you just don't quite see but yeah he's got a he has a photo of uh caroline as a kid the folder says paul ballard on it which is the fbi guy oh. and on the back of the folder it says keep looking so presumably he's sending it to 
Agent Ballard, and we'll see that yeah. in the next episode. Yeah, it's like he's this guy. He's somebody. He's it's a it's a it's a cliffhanger to let you know that oh, but there's other threats out there in this plot that you understand. Yeah, like that's the thing is it's you're setting up a thing that we have no context for. Like, put that if if they put that in the second episode, then it'd be like oh, okay, now the actual overarching plot is set up. This is just yeah. This is such a mess. I feel like this episode had three jobs. Introduce us to the characters, introduce us to the general concept and help justify what it is and why it's doing what it's doing, and then like start setting up the overarching plot. And I don't think it did any of those things. Well, because, again, because it was originally supposed to be the second episode. Yeah. If I remember right, all of the stuff with Agent Ballard was not supposed to be in this episode originally. That would make a lot oh, of sense. Oh, that does too. make a yeah. lot of sense. It doesn't feel like it fits at all. Because <laughs> from what I remember, the, the pilot that got scrapped, the general... And this isn't really spoilers, because most of that episode has been repurposed into the show itself. Like, it, is, it has been salvaged. Um, but it was basically, we were introduced to the series with Agent Ballard and learning about the dollhouse from him investigating. Oh, and, like, that, that was makes so much more sense. Yeah, like, and it still wouldn't have been great based off of what we've seen so far, but like it, it at least would be yeah, we explain would have why a we don't understand stuff. For him. We would have an audience surrogate instead of just a Joss Whedon surrogate. Yeah. Well, no, that's um, the same thing because Joss Whedon gets us. <laughs> All right, well, let's wind this down. Uh, what is, did, I don't know, does anybody have anything like maybe that we didn't go over that's particularly, something that stood out particularly that you just liked, but more likely hated? I do have something to point out that's not in the episode itself, but the reception of this episode. Uh-huh. Uh, it was mixed. A lot of people... Uh, yeah, I know, but you're mixed. What But what was the response? <sighs> the thing is, is that they're like, oh, this isn't anything Joss Whedon has done before, which is A, bullshit, and B... Yeah, uh, it super th- is. They're like, this is a good and a bad thing. The biggest criticism that I saw reading multiple reviews, everyone was like, where's the funny? Wow. That, no, like, to the point that they didn't, they actually thought that there weren't quips in this show. Yeah, I mean, and to the, but to their benefit, like, they're put in places where they don't belong, so you wouldn't, so you're, if you're some, if you're just somebody who's like, oh boy, I'm gonna do the half, like, the half-assed job of watching something like Buffy or Firefly, and I only have to pay attention to, like, two-thirds of it because I'm just gonna have so much fun laughing at their quirky personalities. And if you're doing that, you you would you would never pick up on the fact that Joss Whedon is still cramming his insufferable dialogue into every scene. I mean, there are quips in this, but I don't know that there is any real attempted humor. I feel like it's just reflexive quipping. But that's the thing is that like their their reaction was not oh these are quips that aren't landing. It was where'd the quips go? Sure I don't to, see them. Be sure to wash. Oh, be sure, wash your hands. Oh, and your shoes. And your shoes. Like, that's the closest thing to a joke in the show. And that's the thing, is that I think the show could actually benefit from having a little bit of brevity. Like, if there was a character that was, like, actually funny and just sort of there, like, hey guys, what's up with all this weird spy shit? That's funny. Haha. Like, that would actually probably help. Yeah. Frank, have anything else to add? I mean, the main thing I had to add, I think I already said, which was just, like, this episode should have had three goals and seemed to ignore them. Right, right. Yeah. And I just, like... The, the number one thing you need to do, like, 
when you're setting up a show that has it's a sci-fi show and it's got one sci-fi thing in it and everything else is like modern day the number one thing you have to justify right at the start is what is this like you need to get us to take that like as you said earlier like sci-fi things like they have that one leap that you're expected to take Mm -hmm. but like you need to tell me what the leap is and why i'm taking it and they just there's nothing not a single thing in this episode wouldn't have been done better by a normal person Mm -hmm. or several normal people that like just hire three snipers and there's the problem would have been (laughs) solved yeah and like the first mission we see is like just hire an escort you're rich that exists like you don't (laughs) i mean i'm sure the next episodes will continue well i'm I'm sure the next episode will make it more obvious why they have the dolls exist this won't be a through line of confusion through this whole show absolutely not yeah I guess I would also say one other thing is like most of the show was introducing us to Penn and like getting us to know Miss Penn and like I assume that means that we're going to my assumption my called shot is we're going to spend the next four episodes learning about like four or five different specific personalities and each episode is just going to be introducing that personality and then they're all going to start coming back. Wow, I'm so excited for Joss Whedon's Ben 10. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Shit. Shit. Yeah, so strap in, everybody, because uh, this is only two seasons long, 26 episodes, so we are going to do all of them. Yes. Uh, the ne- name of the next episode is The Target, so that's The Target. <laughs> it's me, I'm the Target. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what it's not about. It's certainly not about the Target audience, because who could say what that was? Oh! <laughs> Like a dog, like a puppet.